Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Quarantine fucking tonight. Um, hey everybody, welcome to the Fix Your Sex Podcast, where we talk all things sex. I am your host, Amina, and I am a sacred sex coach, sex doula, tantric body worker, pleasure activist, and all-around sexual revolutionary. I am here to share my thoughts and hot takes with you on how and why we are still having bad sex in the 21st century, and to hopefully provide you with some solutions and tips that you can start to have sex that's good, that's great for the rest of your lives. Quick disclaimer, this podcast is for grown-ups, if you can't tell that already, and there are sensitive topics being discussed. So if you are under 18 or if conversations about sex and the usage of profanity bother you, you may want to leave, but at least you've been warned. Uh, so on with the show. I want to start by first um just shouting out the guy that created that song, um, Quarantine Fucking, um, <laughs> which has been my favorite thing to come out of this pandemic so far. One of my favorite things. Um, it's a, a Mark Ray Billet. You can find him on um, bonfire.com corn stream. Go ahead and check that out. I'm not getting paid for that. I just think he's hilarious and I love that song. Uh, also, I want to let you know I'm I'm still in Hawaii. I have returned home for a bit before, um, kind of as this was all starting to uh, take a dive, right? I got here on March 12th, and um, I was supposed to be doing some work when I got here and caring for um, a friend's dog, and things took a sharp turn. So I'm still here, and so there's a little noise in the background that's just nature. <laughs> that I'm surrounded by, um, but it's I'm not in a formal studio. I'm just sitting in in the living room here with with birds tweeting and um, chickens cockadoodle doing. So you may hear some some noises in the background. That that's just um, that's just Hawaii. Nay, I don't know when I'm returning back to Atlanta because they haven't peaked yet, and um, I think we're just kind of getting to that point here. But anyway. I also want to quit, send a quick shout out to um, all the patrons that have been supporting me throughout this process. This has been very challenging for me and many sex workers. As you know, many of us don't qualify for um, for a lot of the uh, business protections that are out there, despite the fact that I run a legitimate business. Um, sex coaching, sex counseling are uh, things that are not included. I'm looking into some things for the church 
but it's been a very interesting um, interesting time as uh, much of the Institute has always been funded by my private practice right where I've just kind of poured my money um, that I earn from day-to-day work into this vision of the of the Atlanta Institute of Tantra since that's happened um, Obviously, I can't see clients right now. I'm unable to do any of my face-to-face. Well, I won't say I can't see clients. I see clients only online. So that's a very small amount of, of the work that I do. It's only about 20 to 25% of my client base. So I'm, you know, just cutting back on hours, right? About 75%, which is impacting a lot of the other programming and things that, that we can put on. Um, but I do have a lot of faithful patrons who have been supporting. We had a goal of 100 patrons by the end of 2019, and we hit that goal. Um, and now more than ever, we're really relying on patrons to uh, support us. We're trying to hit 150 by the end of April. And so we need about 15 more of you to come on over. Um, and if you join now, I think at the founder level, you'll get my God is an orgasm mug and because um, of oversized coffee mug and there's some other gifts and perks depending on what level you join at so i'm encouraging you to go check us out patreon.com forward slash atl tantra you also get to attend a lot of the classes for free we have been doing tantra tuesday online every week since this started and those of you that are in the on patreon can just watch straight from patreon um, this coming Tuesday, we're going to do t- uh, a little work on central massage. So you'll learn some central massage basics, which may help you in this, um, pandemic or as soon as you get out, cause we are all going to be pretty touch hungry, um, put you on game. Also there, um, we're doing some anal play. Although I will say, I do know that, um, anal sex is, uh, sex is, you know, tricky in, in this pandemic. It's easy to transmit um, COVID or any other cold or flu or um, when, we're, when you're close to somebody and, and sex is one of those things that brings us really close to each other. Anal sex is a little more um, a little more dangerous as COVID actually does live in fecal matter. So we have to be extra careful with that as well. But with that being said, Next week's class is, or the following week, we're going to do um, exploring the root chakra through anal play. And the last one is just on sex and the chakra so you can understand where how you're experiencing sex based on the chakra system. So we have a fun April planned. Go check us out at atltantra.com to learn more about what, what's coming up next. Um, and hopefully we'll see you over on the Patreon side. All right. So on today's show, I'm going to talk a little bit. I want to talk about touch hunger. Um, I'm also going to talk about, talk about magic mushrooms and sex and titty problems. Um, and I want to kind of touch bases just on digital sex work in a pandemic because it's, it's a very different time and sex work, the oldest profession in the book, as people like to call it, um, I'm sure, you know, took, took some hits during the Spanish flu and, and, all, and the Black Plague and all the other things. So um, while we don't have anything of that magnitude, thankfully, it's still, um, you know, sex workers all over the world are trying to find out what um, what to do. And sex worker lovers are trying to figure out what to do. I mean, I'm still getting calls daily looking for appointments. So 
Um, so I just want I'll talk, touch base on that. But first, 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 and this kind of goes in alignment with that. I want to talk about um, the pro ho tip of the day. So today's pro ho tip of the day is there is more to hoeing online than OnlyFans. And I say that yes, of course I am on OnlyFans too for slash ATL Tantra, but um, and because it, it's an effective marketing tool, it's an effective way to reach folks who probably are not going to follow you on instagram or facebook because their wives are on their instagram and facebook or their kids are um it's also a great way to you know to also raise a little bit of extra money but OnlyFans takes a pretty significant cut um they 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 charge a house fee and um while it does also offer you some seo um search engine optimization it is one of many ways. And so diversify your hoeing. That's the pro ho tip, really. Um, you have If you're working in sex work, and this is in any part of sex work, whether you are a sex therapist, sex coach, camp girl, um, stripper, burlesque performer, whatever it is that you are offering um, sexual... Uh, understanding and healing and energy and fun for um, a monetary exchange, then um, that's you. I'm talking to you. And uh, there's just a lot, there's some, we have to get creative during this time. Um, There's a, I encourage you to spend more time getting to know all of the many ways that you can connect with folks online. Um, If you are not already, start to follow some of the sex workers that are out there that have a larger following. I love Amber Ashton, for example, on on Twitter. Following her has been extremely helpful and insightful for me. Um, she's very global and understands navigating the market. Paying attention to in the same way that we would do in any other corporate environment, looking at our um, and our colleagues and other similar businesses that might be viewed as competitors or that might be viewed as, as you know, kind of parallel with us, but not necessarily competing in the same market, right? Um, but still similar, right? Um, we, we still look at the marketing models from, from all over. Uh, there's just so many ways to reach out and to reach the community that you're trying to access. So get creative. Um, and if you want, if you want to do some brainstorming work or have me review your site or whatever, um, whatever the case may be, or you want to get started, you realize that you've gotten laid off and, or you hate your job and you're essential and you don't want to be essential and you need another plan. I'm around schedule a mentoring or coaching session with me and, um, let's get to it. That's the Proho tip. Uh, if you want to sponsor next month's Proho tip, shoot me an email and let's chat. All right, so let's start with touch hunger because I feel like that is where we are at right now. Everybody, <laughs> we have moved here in Hawaii. Um, we're approaching our one month mark. I got here, like I said, on the 12th of March. And as I was coming in, it was, you know, already the airport was empty, was emptying. We moved through um, the line, security line in about three minutes. Um that was right at the turn, you know? Uh, people were, I think, just coming to realize that it was dangerous to travel. We got here and were immediately put on lockdown. Um, 
on the next day, the mayor issued the order that restaurants could be takeout only. Uh, we moved a lot quicker here than those than Atlanta, which is what I was comparing it to because I'm looking at both communities. But what that looks like for us is that we're now approaching one month of social distancing, one month of self-isolation and quarantine, quarantination, quarantining. <laughs> and, um, and that looks really strange for people like me who touch and hug and love for a living and in life. Like we hug, we are huggers. Um, and I had to like adjust myself when I started, especially when I moved to Atlanta, because in Hawaii, everybody's a hugger. I mean, it's, it's very uncommon to meet somebody here that is kind of like, that is openly admitting that they do not want to hug. Um, and so moving to Atlanta, I had to pipe down on the hugs a little bit, but my community, um, you know, at the Institute, we we have a pretty good thing going. I mean, on any given Tuesday, you walk in and there's, you know, six to eight women hanging around. We are huggers. We are cuddlers. We touch. We love. We we give to each other and we receive from each other. And it's just a beautiful thing. And then all of a sudden, it's done. You can't touch. You can't hug. Um, and, and so that I'm dealing with and coaching a lot of people who at this moment are truly starved for touch. And touch starved is an official diagnosis. Um, skin hunger or touch starvation is what happens when we don't get to experience touch or we only are receiving a little bit of touch from other people. Um, and I think other beings, I think you, it also counts for like puppies help and kittens help and that's one of the reasons why I think so many people treat their pets like family or like lovers almost um they treat them better than they treat other humans because that's who gives them the medicine uh to put it simple we need to be touched touch is the way that we communicate and the body is designed for touch it's just how we are it's our makeup um in fact there are life altering chemicals, including the stress hormone cortisol and um, antidepressants like serotonin, uh, dopamine, all of our um, what's oxytocin, oxytocin, the bonding hormone. All of these are in part regulated by our experiences with touch. And so to be moving from a space where you've been touched or being touched regularly um, or where you allowed yourself to experience touch, even if it was infrequently, into the mood to a space where now there is absolutely no touch. Um, touch is, is dangerous and scary. It's, um, it's a very challenging time. And it's interesting because a lot of the work, a lot of the neo-tantra work that we have in the West was really kind of, I think, blasted to the forefront outside of like, communes in Hawaii and California, um, that it was blasted to this forefront and during the height of the AIDS epidemic, uh, um, epidemic and, and we were dealing with, um, trying to figure out how to navigate intimacy without sharing sexual fluids. And so it became a very touch focused, um, you know, teaching it the way that we learn Tantra, um, learn, especially Neo Tantra, Western, um, Tantra outside of the specifically spiritual 
context, almost agnostic tantra, um, was really focused on on connecting through touch and through breath. Well, we can't do that with this pandemic. This pandemic is different. Breath and touch are what's gonna get you. So it's it's really um, it's really a challenging time for all of us. And um, I think I hope I'm really busy, and that the rest, I, you know, don't be shy. That when you have time, and we can open back up the doors and things are back to normal, that you reach out to your local cuddle therapist or sex worker, um, or you know, non-toxic happy ex that you can re out reach out to, or your other lovers, um, so that you can receive touch. I hope we're all very busy when this all blows over. But I also want to just offer you a couple tips on how to heal from this touch hunger um, without calling up that toxic ex. To not just fling back, fling yourself back into the cesspool that you may have freed yourself from. Um, if that's you, these are some tips that I want that I hope will help you. Um, for one, it's not touch is something that we need. It doesn't always have to come from. It doesn't have to be sensual. Uh, having access to touch is oftentimes why we call up bad sex. We don't have access to touch or we don't think we have access to touch. So creating an environment that, um, you know, we're with your friends and your, your family, your safe family, that you can actually experience touch with, that you can hug, that you can say that I need to hug, I need to be held right now. Um, allowing yourself to be vulnerable in a space like that is really going to be important. Allowing yourself to ask for help, knowing that you need something more than what you can offer yourself. Reaching out to people that you trust with your well-being to give that to you. That's really going to be key. And... Um, one of the things that that means you're going to have to release some fear, especially fear around being perceived as sexual. Um, the body is not inherently sexual and although it can be, and I love sex, it's a beautiful thing. Touch without sex is also an amazing thing. It's how I spend most of my days typically. And you can offer touch to people or request touch and not have to feel shame around it and not have to feel fear around it, um, around being touched by someone, um, worrying that it will be received as a sexual advance or that if you are a man and you are hugging another man, that it will somehow question your your heterosexuality, that this is not like you can receive touch without it being sexual. And if you don't know that you can, if that's something that you struggle with, then there's some work that you get to do. It's great to realize that that's a struggle. I have a hard time hugging the per a person of my same gender is a great acknowledgement to make. And now you get to go deeper and figure out why, what is it that is deviating from your, from your natural, normal state of being that is allowing you to believe that if you touch another man or another woman or another person that's transgender or whatever the case may be, whatever the gender opposition is, that you are um, that your sexuality is being challenged. Um, also, the other thing you, to kind of let go of is that fear of rejection. Um, I think that embracing rejection is going to be 
a real big part of, of all of our healing journey. Um, for me, the practice of radical acceptance has been very helpful in understanding, um, facing and dealing with the reality of rejection and how that has nothing to do with me. If I've worked out and worked through all of my issues and I need a hug and the person that's there to give me a hug is another woman and I ask for a hug and she says no because it makes her uncomfortable, that's her uncomfortable. It's not mine. That rejection has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with her and it's okay. She gets to deal with that. I can't manage it. I can't micromanage what I think she saw in that. I can't, I'm not going to go heavily into a defense platform to try and convince her that I'm safe. Um, and I'm, this is not about sex. I don't want to fix the other person. I want to create a space where we can call on each other and lean on each other for support without um, without the fear and concern or coercion um, uh, that you know that this is going to be something different. So um, so I think that's really important. And I know that for men who um, have been kind of taught by society that, uh, too much touch, you know, men are the, the handshakers of the world, right? And so too much special, too much warm, um, intimate touch is, is, is always going to be sexual, or, uh, you know, not always, but will often be perceived as sexual and just letting that go, releasing that from releasing all of that childhood baggage, really all of that teenage baggage and of, of wh- how much touch is acceptable for, for um, a male identified person. So we're letting go of some of that. So releasing fear is really one of the biggest steps in this process. Um, also self-love. This is a great time right now to get used to touching yourself. A lot of times we have a hard time being touched. And a lot of times what we struggle with is reflective of how we treat ourselves. So spending some time in self-love ritual, allowing yourself to touch yourself, not just as a masturbation practice, but like seriously taking some time and loving the fuck out of yourself. Um, Rubbing your lotion in slower than you usually would or, um, you know, spending some time really bathing yourself in ways that you don't usually offer that type of luxury. Just really going inward. Um, massaging your face cream and really slowly offering yourselves facials, manicures, pedicures, all the things that we don't have access to right now. Um, loving on yourself. Also just talking to yourself and having conversations, really intimate conversations with yourself, understanding the why, understanding your emotions, how you've connected and not connected with other people in touch. Really start to get to know and love yourself during this um, free time that we have, that we made, that some of us are experiencing, um, will really help. Visualization exercises are also great. You can feel hands on skin by just placing yourself in that memory. So right now, if you want, you can guide yourself into a meditation. It's very clear and specific, walking yourself into a an encounter that you've already been at or one that you foresee in the future um, where you allow the partner to touch you. 
and you allow yourself to really explore what it feels like. You feel the wind on your skin. You see yourself exactly where you're going to be or where you were. You smell the smells around. You really draw in all of your senses into your visualization until you can also feel the touch on your skin. Just memory alone can sometimes be very helpful. Um, Also, if you're visualizing about the future, it really will help you see who you're supposed to be touched by, how it's going to go, so that you can feel really confident about reaching out to that person and asking them for, for some love and connection. Don't shy away from that. Puppy cuddles is a great way. I know that we, um, the Brooklyn Zoo had some lions that contracted um, or tigers or something like that that contacted, contracted COVID Um Puppies, though, <laughs> they're still safe, I think. So get you um, a foster puppy right now. I'm sure that some of the dog places, the doggy places or the kitty places in your neighborhood, if you don't have allergies and you can, reach out to folks like the Humane Society and places like that to see if fostering a dog is an option right now. Taking care of another being that can offer you some love and touch or helping out with a nurse, um, you know, someone who doesn't have time, maybe is on the front lines and working really hard right now and, and you, that can offer you some, some support. I mean, that you can offer them some support. So go get a puppy or a kitty or a gerbil or something that can touch you. Um, there was, yeah. And then just get ready to be touched and get touched. Get your mind right. That's, um, we're going to come out of this. We're going to come out of this and we're going to be looking for love. Look for it in the right places. Um, be ready for touch. Be ready to receive touch. If you have some hangups on your body that you were thinking about, you don't like people to touch because you, um, you know, you're too hairy or I don't know. I don't know what they are. They are all over. There's so many of them. You have eczema. You are dealing with psoriasis. You have, um... You have emotional trauma that sits in your body and that touch triggers that reminder. Use this time right now to start to do some of the work to heal and to come into awareness, a a space where you are able to differentiate between those, um, what's causing the negative feelings and what is a negative feeling so that you can be ready to get touched. All right, cool. So that's my bit on touch hunger. Um, I hope this helps. If you have any other ideas about things that you're going to put into place before, um, bef- once you come out of this and you're before you end up in the wrong spaces, um, let me know. Shoot me a message and let me know what what tips and techniques that you that you're kind of readying yourself to to heal from touch hunger. I'm privileged in that I have um, a a partner with me that traveled with me and we ended up having to stay in the house with the couple that was leaving that I was going to care for their dog. So we are not alone and we are able to be in contact with each other um, throughout this. But I know that's not the case for everyone. So if you're not, if you're out there by yourself, I'm sending virtual hugs to you and all the love that I can muster up, all that energy that I have here is waiting for you. And I hope to see you when you get, when we get out of this on the other side. All right. Um, some of us are going to come out of this quarantine situation a bit more eager to be touched 
then an old foster dog. But before you march towards the nipples, hold on, okay? Um, you're going to run up and you're going to see somebody and they're going to have the titties that you've been waiting. You've been visualizing these titties. Amina told you to visualize. You've been paying attention. And you can't wait to get your hands on these tits. But please stop. <laughs> um, I want you to take a few minutes to slow the entire fuck down. So much of what we end up doing um, with titties has nothing to do with uh, with a woman's pleasure and everything to do with um, the excitement of titties. And so I was talking recently with some folks about um, about breast massage and with, with female-bodied um, people about breast massage and how many women feel like they don't enjoy breast massage. I don't like breast play. And I keep hearing this over and over and over again. And when I start to get down to the nitty gritty and we start to practice and talk about breast, um, it always, almost always comes out the same. It's There's either this rough grab that happens or there's this nipple tweaking or nipple playing that happens. And there's very seldomly the acknowledgement and I'm speaking just for the women or for the um, female bodied person who doesn't enjoy breast play, doesn't arouse them at all. But it's the, it, the constant almost separation of the breast from the body. And for women who have given birth, um, it's, it's even more challenging because if you've given birth and uh, for folks who've given birth, you have a baby who's relying on you for nurturing. They're relying on you for milk and um, and also oral fixation. So for a year or two, a lot of what happens is that these breasts are just, um, they're just in service. So if you come from a space where your breasts have been in service to, um, you know, for other people. And then you get to a spot where not only are the breasts in service to, to have been in service to your milking needs, but also anytime someone touches them, they're not really truly touching them for your pleasure, but for their own. You get to a point where you're just like, hey, you know what? Let's not touch tits anymore. Let's leave breasts completely off the table. And let's do something else. And I just keep seeing this more and more. More and more women are not feeling um, acknowledged in the breast. So uh, I, I want people to feel really good about the sex that they're having um, and the intimacy that they're experiencing. So my first thing is just to remind everybody that when we run back to titties on um, May 18th or whatever the date is, that we run back to them and pause and have a conversation, uh, maybe actually before before May 18th, about how it feels. What do you enjoy when your breasts are touched, if anything? And having a pleasure mapping session that's just focused on breath on breast would be great. 
you know, just offer an opportunity where all you're doing is exploring um, breast and breast tissue and nipples and, and the parts around the body. And then just remember that when you go into the breast, like don't just get focused on sucking the breast like you're trying to milk it unless you're doing some lactation fetish work, which then don't listen to any of this because that's very different. Um, but I'm um, in, in, you know, kind of vanilla E sex, vanilla ish, that if you're moving towards the breast that you're not treating it like, you know, um, like you're, this is your sole life source, uh, that you're actually checking in with your partner, um, Yes, you're aware of where your partner is in the moon cycle. If she is a cisgender woman, uh, what does that look like? Or if she not sorry, if she's not cisgender, but if she is, um, you know, was I assigned female at birth, then what does that look like for her in regards to the moon cycle? Because breast tissue um, follows a lunar cycle, and it can be engorged and and sensitive and swollen and painful at certain times of the month. Some things may feel really great at certain times of the month that don't at other times. Getting to know that about your partner is going to be extremely helpful. Not knowing that is going can can lead somebody thinking. I mean, you may not realize that you're always horny, um, you know, two days after she ovulates, and that and her tits are sore and so she hates you when you touch her tits she doesn't want to say anything because she still loves you and wants to have sex i mean you, that's just one of many stories that i hear um the best thing to do of course have some communication and now especially if you're away from each other is a great time to communicate about it um and just kind of allowing yourself to get to a point where you understand a little bit more about what 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 the titty needs are um it's important as you um may or may not know i'm not sure how many of you are following me on social media but sometimes i post about breast massage and the breasts are an extension of the heart chakra um and there is a lot of orgasmic potential and energy that exists in the breast uh so it's important like when I'm working with someone who tells me that they don't, they don't feel anything in the breast or it doesn't feel good, that, um, that we explore the entirety of the breast tissue from around the sides, underneath the armpits, up into the chest. Um, breast massage is such a great opportunity, opportunity to learn about um, breast, whether you do it to yourself, I just gave myself before this podcast, an amazing coconut oil breast massage. Um, I have a lot more free time <laughs> right now than usual though. So, um, but giving yourself a chance to explore your own breast. Um, and this is I, no matter the gender, like, I, you know, you cisgendered male men out there still do the same thing. I'll get you some coconut oil and rub um, you know, on your own chest, just to kind of feel like we still are similar in so many ways. So how about getting to know your own body as well? Um, so that you can at least have a map that is based on reality and not perceived reality. Um, it's your reality that you can share and then you can expand on that with every lover and taking in what you brought, what worked for the last lover, just letting that go. That's ego. Oh, that ego in the bedroom. What worked for the last girlfriend or nobody else has ever complained. Oh, I hate that ego in the bedroom. Of course, no one's complained. Look at you. Listen to you. You sound like an arrogant prick. 
Um, people want to complain, but they know if they do, it's gonna you're gonna get all in your feelings because here you are in your feelings right now. So if that's you, take a step back, remove yourself from the equation, remove your ego from the equation, and just allow yourself to learn about the current lover or your next lover, letting go of all the past. Um, okay, I hope that helps because I want y'all to play with titties and love on titties, but I want them to be loved right. Um, I'm going to move into a part of the show with a trigger warning. Uh, I'm, I'm going to speak a little bit about sex and entheogens, which I realize may be triggering to someone in recovery. And although there is mounting evidence from empirical research showing the therapeutic benefits of psilocybin, the psychoactive compound in magic mushrooms, I want to give you a moment to gather your thoughts or skip this section altogether. I will put um, time markers in the notes so that you can see where to go from here if you don't want to hear about it. Now that we've gotten that out the way, I want to talk to you guys about fucking on mushrooms. Um, because, because I just love to, first of all. And I think that there's something so amazingly magical about the healing that is done when you ingest psilocybin and move into a sexual space. It is amazing. And it is particularly amazing for um, for cisgendered men. I see it often when I work with, um, with men who are unable to let go, unable to dance freely, unable to moan out loud, unable to feel safe and vulnerable in a sexual space. Learning, navigating what that looks like. Mushrooms help to dissolve that part of the ego um, and can be so helpful in that healing. And so recently, um, the shelter in place had us feeling a bit isolated and cabin fever-ish. I mean, cabin fever and island fever are very real things and cabin fever on an island is a whole nother level of um holy shitness so we're sitting we're out in uh Waianae in makaha and we are um in this beautiful home that overlooks the ocean so i want to set the scene for you so imagine that the bed um is sits against a wall and looks out over the balcony and over the balcony is this beautiful ocean and if you haven't seen the ocean or Makaha Beach um, go ahead and google it when you have time Makaha M-A-K-A-H-A Makaha Beach it's so beautiful and off in the distance there are whales jumping in the water and there are people down in the water just um, surfing and you can you can hear them once the mushrooms kick in. You can hear their voices and their laughter and their chee-hoos. And um, it's such a beautiful experience where you're just, uh, we were in this space and we were just surrounded by life um, at a time where we were told that life was really fragile and 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 this sense of, um, impending doom was 
everywhere else that we went. But right there on that day, in that moment for four hours or five hours, it was not there. And the ocean swole and, and shrank and rose up and got smaller. And the clouds in the sky were white and, and blue and various shades. And the wind was um, there. It was there to tickle you and invite you to play in it. And we were able to just let go of everything and just really focus on each other. Just pay attention to each other holding each other. I mean, we actually did not have any penetrative sex. I want to say that because a lot of times people hear when I talk about um, sex and entheogens that, um, with my groups and with friends and folks, they often are picturing like, you know, just all this fucking that's happening and this penetration that's happening. And that's actually just completely not what happens. Um, what, what ends up happening is you get to experience sex and orgasm in a whole different way. Like you use your entire body. Um, I believe that my partner had an orgasm just from me massaging the inside of his ankle. Like the whole body just being a light and this freedom that you get to experience from letting go, from letting go of all of the shit that we bring into the room. And it's hard. It's hard on other in all the other instances to let go of so much at once. And like, we, you never fully let go of everything, um, you know, but, well, I won't say you never do. I'm getting pretty close. But you never, it takes a while. It takes a long time and it's a long practice. Um, I'm not there yet. And I don't know if I'm ever going to be there. I think I got there on Booth when I, um, you know, did the Bufo ceremony. But there was no, you know, it was just a different experience. This was partnered and, and us really just being there and holding each other and and just taking in all of the energy of happiness that's around, the happiness that was in the ocean, the happiness that was in the wind, the happiness that we offered each other, being able to exist in our own um, dimensions that were parallel to each other, and then also being able to have that intersection where we come to each other and, and be there for each other and knowing that we were safe in all of our expression because we're both just being and we're both just allowing ourselves to be free and to be silly and to be scared, to be terrified and to be, um, to be, uh, to grieve and all of these emotions to experience in one space with, with a partner. Um, we usually sit for other people, other couples and other individuals. So it was such a nice experience to, to have in, with the water right there and listening to the sound of the ocean. Um, the first thing in the morning, I mean, we had, a, you know, we, we ate mushrooms for breakfast and it was just magical. So I wanted to talk about that because um, there's a lot of stigma. And also, I mean, there's just a lot happening. Um, Baba Kalinde passed away today. I've learned from, from coronavirus, which um, who has taught many of the people in our community, how to grow mushrooms, how to travel. He hosts the, um, the psychedelic conference, um, up in Michigan every year. And so that's a big blow in the, in the community, um, of, of psychonauts and of those of us that are, um, ingesting and administering plant medicine. 
that that's that's a lot and so just being able to share that like the, you know that his work is going to continue i know there are you know he has enough students and i know that 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 process will continue but just remembering that there's so much that we shouldn't fear so to release the feelings of fear that we hold um that we carry, that we've gotten used to packing in, uh, letting go of some of that is, is really important. And and being in a space where you can experience that with someone that you trust and love, um, allowing yourself to let go, setting an intention of, of being free of, of some of the barriers to pleasure. So helpful and so beautiful. And I wish that for all of you all. I wish you all heaven. Um, so, yeah. I want to I want to just put that little bit out there. All right, so I um I guess that's kind of it. That's all I have time for anyway. I want to talk a little bit more about digital sex work, but I touched on it earlier. If you have any questions or you're um you know thinking about what this looks like for you, shoot me an email, and I think um on my next podcast I'll. I'll probably talk a little bit more um, about it, but I wanted to start with, I think we got, we covered a lot of ground today. It's my first day back. I'm going to call it quits. That's a good enough show. Uh, I'm grateful for all of you that are tuning in and listening. I wish you all health and wellness. Please stay hydrated, stay inside um, as much as you need to or can. Wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. And I will see you all on the other side. Um, I look forward to having you around uh, when we come back to Tantra Tuesday or or at the Atlanta Tantra Fest. Um, Yes, the Tantra Fest is still on. It's in October. um, And this shit will be figured out by October. I'm telling you that that's what's happening. So until we see each other again, ahui ho, go have some great sex. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.